Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. In this quantum conversation, we are talking about one of our most popular topics, and that is our true being, the nature of our true being, and how we live in an embodied ascension. My guest today is Hira Hosen, and she is here to share her personal journey and some great wisdom with us. Hira, hi. Hi. <laughs> I do absolutely love this topic. And so as we get there and dive deep into it, can you share with us your own journey of awakening in this lifetime, what that was like and how it led you to being here in this now moment with this work you do? Yes, so it started uh, at my birth where I had many abilities, many uh, qualities that a lot of these uh, light gifted children come in with. So for example, um, I, in, in like a flash of a second, I could see someone's soul print. Uh, it wouldn't be like visual, but I would sense it. So I would know exactly the agenda of this person where they're from, where they're going, um, or I could see golden light, especially with children. I saw this golden light around them very strongly. Um, I've even teleported when I was very young. So I came in with a lot of these gifts. And then when I was around six, seven years old, uh, everything started to close down. I really literally felt it on my crown chakra, like above. And I really literally felt it like it was closing. Um, and so from, let's say, my sixth, seventh year up until around 25, uh, I got really lost into the matrix, um, really uh, deeply uh, lost, as many people get lost here because it's such a dense reality and it doesn't fit with, you know, the the light encodes that you're coming with into this planet. Um, and then slowly, slowly, I started traveling and especially doing meditation. And this meditation has really, uh, doing it on a daily basis, really brought a lot of this awakening back into my life. And uh, I think some of the peak moments uh, have been an awakening I had in Egypt when I climbed the, the Great Pyramid on January, the 1st of January 2000. Uh, and there's been other peak moments, uh, becoming a, a teacher of the School of Remembering of Trumfalo Melchizedek, and also becoming a nun, like a Buddhist nun. The, this definitely helped me in my journey and where I am now. And since a year or two, I seriously can't define it anymore. So I just, things are just happening. There's no identity. There's just grace and things are just flowing. And 
Um, of course, it has names, you know, as we all know, new earth names that we can give it. But um, yeah, it's like, it's in a beautiful flow. That's also how we met. So it's like, you know, that's the now moment. The now moment, I'm not really there anymore in that sense. And things are just flowing and happening uh, in a very beautiful ease and grace. Yes, it's beautiful. And we thank you for stepping into your passion and for really this work on your journey. So, all right, I'm going to go back into a couple of things that you said there. Did you say that you teleported as a child? Did I get that right? Yes, uh, you get that right. Um, I didn't know what it was when I was very young. It just, for me, it felt like um, I was flying. So I would be running, and then while I was running, I would kind of disappear from this reality for a very, sh I mean, it's not even time-wise, right? It's like, it's just like you're here, and then you're there. But for me, it felt like fly like a moment of flying, um, and then I would appear again, but I would never go far, uh, just like in, you know, in European standards, a few meters um but as i said like at a certain point that really stopped so you know i'm i'm trying to get back into that ability to be honest because it's quite frustrating if you know you could do it as a child and then you grow up i'm you know 45 now so i'm like oh you know i would so love to do that you know those things that came so natural and spontaneous as a child um, oh my goodness yes all right and so were you running outside? Were you playing outside when this would happen? Yes, exactly. So I've been growing up in Holland in a very, uh, very small um, village in a farm, uh, you know, with all the, the Dutch uh, uh, things that come with it, like the, the clogs and, you know, the whole. And so we would have a lot of animals and I was always in nature, always. And uh, building little fairy uh, altars in the forest and, you know, going out when it was raining. And so it was very, very wild uh, as a child with nature, with the wind and with the elements. And um, so, yes, it would happen just spontaneously. I would be running and running and then kind of like flying. I would call it flying, like I would go flying. Yes. Well, it says, it has been said that we are to return to those skills. And, you know, there's great movies like The Levitating Saint, The Reluctant Saint, that movie. And it was being in this vibration of pure love and gratitude. And as children, that's so easy to do, especially when we're out in nature. So I find that fascinating. And who knows what we're learning now about portals on the planet, even uh, from South America, there's shamans that report walking through the Ameru Meru doorway, right? So that these portals are spaces in time that just open up. And I'm wondering maybe if you felt that that could have been a possibility or was it really more just like flying? Well, it was more like I wasn't traveling in time in that sense uh even though i've always thought that my father somehow was the time traveler so there was some of this time traveling um in my um perception mm. but it was more like really my body would 
kind of melt. It would be like uh, I would have a speed, you know, because you're running, and then the the air would become like water, and I would just kind of melt. But it it wouldn't be like going into time, and also I wouldn't go far. So. I think as a child, I knew, you know, not to make a mistake in a sense, you know, and not to, you know, unconsciously not to, you know, end up somewhere on the other side of the planet. And, you know, all the stories that they say, you don't have your clothes anymore and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I guess as a child, I really uh, just did it like spontaneously, like a little bit, like not far, you know, I would just reappear and I would be like, oh, this was cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That was fun. Let's do it again. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And so then, isn't it interesting that around that age of six or seven, and definitely girls and boys too, when we're that age, six, seven, and eight, we truly know who we are. But yet there's something that we give away because of this need to conform. Um, to fit in. So was there any experience that you can recall that made you begin to shut these down, these gifts down? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's one very clear one, and I I laugh about it now with my mother. Um, For example, also when I was that young, my favorite game would be to watch a white wall, and then to not think and again, this would be, so it's the pure, you know, the purest form of meditation in that sense. Like uh, I've lived for 10 years in the Zen temple. So that's what you do. You, you're washing the wall and you're not thinking in that sense. So that would be my game. Like my favorite game would be watching a white wall and not thinking. And I remember that I, that I timed it. Like I even took a clock or whatever uh, and looked at it. And then I remember going to my mother once I reached 15 minutes, you know, like my game was like, you know, I reached 15 minutes. So I went to my mom and I said, mommy, mommy, I did 15 minutes without thinking, you know, and I, and my mother was like, you can't do that. You, you're a human. Everybody thinks, you know? So, so I just thought, my god like i must be like really abnormal or crazy and this is very you know the dutch background like one of the main sentences we say as dutch people to each other is uh act uh, act normal then you are already crazy enough do my normal so it's like you know so you want to conform you don't want to be crazy so then i stopped my favorite game i was like okay i don't <laughs> and then later when i started zazen meditation again i was like i remembered it and i was like oh my god like you know what would have happened if i wouldn't have stopped (laughs) i would have been enlightened by now (laughs) wow that was training though in those young years and it's like you knew you know when we're children we absolutely know all right and so you began to shut that skill down because Act normal. You are already crazy enough. <laughs> the old <laughs> saying, the, con- the, the, the sayings that make us conform. Yes. Yeah. And, and give away those little pieces of us. All right. So please continue with your story because how did you get to become a Buddhist nun in a Zen ashram? Yes. Uh, well, I went to India 
um, I was really cold there. Some of my friends went. And then when I went to the Himalayas, I was really taken uh, with those mountains and the power of them. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I was living in Amsterdam at that time. So when I came back, uh, one of my best friends, uh, I told her, I really want to learn meditation, but a good, a good one, a good skilled, you know, professional, let's say, uh, where they really train you in this, in this meditation. And she said, oh, there is this uh, dojo Zen uh, and they give introductions, why don't we go there? And um, I remember walking into that dojo and like everything became four or five dimensional. So it's not that the dojo was four or five dimensional. It was like the my guidance was showing me that I, have, I had found the right place to learn about meditation. So I went to do a lot of meditation there, learned about it. Then I would go to the retreats, you know, sometimes uh, during uh, the seasons. And then when uh, one summer camp, they, they, they take like four weeks. You do a lot of meditation now, almost like eight hours a day, where I went with that same best friend. Um, well, I met my husband and uh, we fell in love. And um, he was always the first disciple of our zen master you call it the zen master in that in that religion or dogma or it's it's the soto zen lineage of the japanese um and so you know i became a bodhisattva first you get the ordination of bodhisattva then you take the ordination of a monk or a nun and um all this was really flowing very very uh synchronized with what i was going through And once uh, my husband and me, we left Amsterdam to follow this master in France, uh, in Montpellier, where we lived five years. And there we all, with the whole group, with the community, we bought a big piece of land, like 60 acres of land and uh, started the Zen temple there, which was mainly directed by my husband. So it's, you know, it just really came into my life completely, uh, very beautifully. Yes, I love that flow. Okay. And you really assist people in the embodiment of ascension. Once a Buddhist nun, you're always a nun. It's not like the other um, stricter, right, Western religions. Exactly. Like you have this dogma, which is coming from ancient times, you know, from Japan and from China, from India. And we can go all the way back to the Buddha. And even before that, there was 13 other Buddhas. So now we're in modern times. So uh, my husband is is a monk since he's 18 and he's a Zen master. And so we've lived in that temple with our daughter, you know, so... So it's not because you're married that you're not a nun or, or a monk. It's different than Christian uh, monks or nuns in that sense. So, um, so yes, about embodying ascension. Um, it's very, very important to see ascension not as something to, um, to obtain in that sense. Uh, it is more something to be. And so what I help people with is to recognize their true nature. And through recognizing their true nature, they can more step into the moment and step into that higher light that is coming through already. Um, So that's what I help people with. Beautiful. Okay. So let's talk about recognizing our true nature. 
because there's so many distractions out there in the world that really keep us from this. So do you have a protocol or um, a definition then of how we recognize the true nature? Mm. Yes, the true nature of who we are, you can call it light or love or it's a pure feeling of warmth or um, awareness or space. And so there's many ways to tap into our true nature and there's many ways that, um, that you can do that. So there's many ways, for example, through the body or through the speech or singing mantras or being silent or through the mind or the heart, which is kind of the same thing. So there's many ways how to enter into that pure nature or pure being of who we are. And um, it definitely needs your will, let's say. So instead of seeing life as uh, a density and having a dense body, um, it's very important to see life as a dream. And so when you see life as a dream and you feel the space within your body and the space around you, because everything is just pure space or 99.99% space, right? So, of course, we forget. Me too. I mean, there's moments I completely forget. I go into the density and I believe that I am the nun or the mother or the wife or the teacher or whatever that is. And that's fine. That's, you know, that's the fun of life. So there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you have moments, it can be just five minutes or it can be every minute or it can be a half an hour a day or it can be a longer period that you repeat it very often where you just stop everything and you just tune into that true nature mm -hmm. and then live life from there. And then slowly, slowly, everything will start to, to change. Yes, I mean, we can feel the energy of what you just said there and how it is this practice of slowing down enough to really be it. I love what you said there that, you know, we could be reciting mantras, chanting or singing. All right, well, this would be a beautiful time to have you take us on a short little journey into more of this exploration of our true nature. Okay, wonderful. So um, I would like to use um, the three doors of awakening to go inside of that meditation um, that has been taught to me by one of my teachers. Um, if you want to check him out, his name is Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche. He teaches about, um, he's from a long lineage burn tradition, um, which is about 13,000 years unbroken lineage. Yeah. So they still have the text of 13,000 years ago. And so what I love about my teacher is that he brings this ancient wisdom into a very easy uh, meditations and practices and, and, and uh, methods. So I would like to use this ancient burn tradition way so that you can really feel it because it's instant and it's efficient and it really connects you completely to your source within, to your true nature. 
So I would like to use that method. So try to, to be comfortable and yet hold your body in a straight position. So if uh, you have any ailments or you cannot sit, then you can of course lay down, but try to stay a little bit upwards so you can use pillows so that your awareness is more easy to connect to your awareness. But be comfortable, like don't get too tight or something. The body needs to be comfortable. And so we will start with breathing through our nose. Uh, if your nose is blocked, then you can just imagine that you're breathing through your nose, but really breathe through your nose if you can. And put your tongue just behind your teeth on your palate. And you close your mouth. You can keep your eyes open or closed as you wish, or even half open, half closed, or you can change whatever you wish. And so we're just going to observe our breath going in and out of the body. So your awareness is observing your breath going in and out of the body. So really feel that air as it's passing your nose into your lungs and out again. And here you already feel that without any effort, you feel that your body is starting to relax naturally, spontaneously, just by you observing your breath, your body. So we're not controlling our breath. Sometimes it wants to go very deep, sometimes it wants to go shallow, sometimes it wants to go fast or slow. Just let the breath breathe and observe that breath going in and out of the body. So we will connect to the first door to awakening, which is our body, our physical body. So bring your awareness to your physical body and feel, see, sense from your crown all the way down to the sole of your feet. And really feel, see, sense, you can even make a scan through your body. Really feel, see, sense your physical body And you'll feel, see, sense, notice that by bringing your awareness or connecting it to your physical body, there's a magic that happens. You can call it a charging. It's as if you're plugging your phone into the charger, into the electricity. Your body and your awareness start to charge with energy, with pure prana. You can feel it as a tingling sensation, or you can just feel it as a knowing, as a warmth. And so we will go deeper into the stillness of your physical body. So connect to the stillness of your physical body. So even though that the blood is pumping and your heart is working and all your organs and everything is working, there is a stillness there in every cell of your body, in the whole of your body, there is a stillness there. So connect with your awareness to that stillness.
Now, when you drop deeper into that stillness, the stillness of your being. Now, this stillness of your being is source, is your true nature. So just drop deeper into that stillness of your being and you will find your body of emptiness, unbounded space. And so we will drop deeper and going through the second door of awakening, which is the silence, the silence of the speech. So just be aware that you are silent. So it's not the silence by itself, it's the awareness of the silence that brings you deeper. There is a very deep peacefulness here. So this silence is source, is the true nature of your being. Once you drop deeper and deeper into that silence, you will find your body of light, infinite awareness. And then we go into the third door of awakening, which is the door of the mind, the door of the heart. So just connect to the spaciousness of your mind, the spaciousness of your heart. Really feel, see, sense that everything is space. Your body, all the cells of your body are pure space your hands, your head, your arms, your legs, everything is pure space. And everything around you, the buildings, the people, the planet, everything is pure space. And so when you connect to that spaciousness of your mind, you feel, see, sense the source, our true nature. You can imagine it like a clear blue sky in the desert. And so when you drop deeper into that space, 
you connect with your awareness to the space. So you are you are aware of that space, which brings warmth, authentic warmth. You're the body of great bliss. And so this unbounded space, this infinite awareness and this warmth are our inner refuge. This is where we receive all of our guidance, abundance, all the enlightened qualities that are already naturally within us. So just let those enlightened qualities arise from your heart and be aware of them. It could be joy or confidence, a trust, a relief, a love. beautiful so of course we can stay here for a very long time we're just going to slowly slowly come back i wish to dedicate this beautiful meditation to all beings in all the worlds i thank you for your participation your being Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that. And it's something that it's just so comforting. And I, I just see why we would want to hang out there as much as possible. Yeah. It feels so good. So I want to ask about, my goodness, the many, many, many hours of meditation for yourself. I know that some would say, oh my goodness, do we have to do that much meditation? Can we just do it easier these days in, in moments like this? So speak on that. Yes. Yes. I, I often say that, that I've spent so many hours in a, in a temple that, you know, We've done it already. You don't need to do it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You've done it for us. You've paved the way and made it so much easier on us that we can instantly feel it. That's powerful. Whew. And yes. so, you know, science is beginning to reveal what this does to our energetic body. It totally fills us up. I mean, the feeling of the warmth, but it was just so easy and soft. Mm -hmm. And I loved how you put it, like plugging in. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's, um, it's instant and it's efficient because it's a direct path into your source, into who we truly are. So instead of trying to reach something or obtain something, it's actually about letting go of efforts letting go of your idea of what you think that the reality should be like. It's like we're not here to 
create in that sense. We're just here to allow creation to flow through us. So there's a very big difference. So the more that you tune into that source and you can do it in whatever way fits you. If you love singing, then singing is your way. If you love dancing, then dancing is your way. If you love sports, swimming, running, uh, talking to a friend, it doesn't really matter anymore as long as you tune into that source. And of course, um, having some sort of daily practice will definitely help, but it doesn't need to be hours. You can do just five minutes. You know, there's applications on the phones now, right? You just take five minutes, bam, you sit down, close your eyes and, you know, connect to the true nature. What is my practice now is to feel and connect to that source and to speak from it, to, to speak from that silence to move from that stillness, you know, to, to really like to, to let that source run through me in that sense. That's beautiful. Yes. Okay. So that will be the mission behind this. The purpose behind it is to get still enough to get into it, hook into it pretty quickly, efficiently and speak yeah. from it and live from it. And so when we do speak of new earth, this is it. This is the, I don't want to use the word requirement, but it really is a, a must have. It must come from this inner connection. And that's what we mean by new earth. And so moving with that divine will, speaking the voice of divine will, we are creating new things. You've mentioned synchronicity and being in the flow. Can you talk a little bit about speaking from this voice and creating in our world and watching the signs of synchronicity? Yes. Um, so the, the, the less effort that we make, the more easy that flow can actually uh, bring us what we need in that moment to bring that new earth forth. So, for example, what I do in the morning is I set my intentions. I literally connect to the new earth. Uh, like I bring my energy down into the earth and I ask her, what do you want me to create today? What is the highest possible timeline that I can create today? And then kind of like really follow that flow. So it's a, it's kind of like you're giving your, your intentions to this greater, higher vibrational energy. It can be the new earth, Gaia. Um, it can be the divine feminine. It can be the divine masculine. It can be deities, goddesses, gods. Um, Buddhas, uh, Ascended Masters, whatever is your guides, the guides that you're working with, you kind of like put your intentions out there and your willingness to create that. And then you just, basically it's hands off completely. <laughs> no efforts, no nothing, no wanting, no, you know, like, oh no, it should be a little bit like that. No, it's just full trust. Okay, that's it. That's the flow, that's the synchronicity. I many times have a synchronicity happening and then my mind is like, 
No, but it was supposed to be, I don't know, tomorrow or another person or, you know, and that's fine. That's, you know, I laugh at myself at my humanness, which is pretty cute. You know, it's super cute. So this is not a bad thing, but the, the, the less that I do that, the more that this flow and synchronicity can flow. Right. Um, it's very interesting because I'm in this ascension path for almost 20 years. And I made a lot of progress. And at a certain point, I felt that I, w I came to what we call in, in France a plateau. I, I think you call it the same in English, like mm -hmm. a plateau. And I couldn't, I couldn't go higher in vibration. And what I noticed, and that's only recently, that like the last few years, that I noticed that what was happening was that I was channeling and understanding and light language and all that things but i was still having this pain identity so it's a it's a pain body a pain speech a pain mind which so it's a pain identity coming out in these three ways again um and so somehow a lot of people are are kind of like on a plateau and they they're like they can't bypass uh this plateau it's like you can sit down for 20 years and meditate but if you haven't solved all the emotional uh, blockages that you have, for example, around your heart or around your throat or in your mind, if you don't uh, release those in, in loving grace and warmth, then you will reproduce them again and again until, and for, for sure, um, what's beautiful is that now it's faster, more easy. Um, to actually release that pain identity and to really to hold yourself and to say, it's okay, I'm, I am now feeling my pain identity, releasing that with self-love and self-compassion. Um, but it's very important to, to know that that pain identity in many of us, I mean, can you imagine how many thousands of years we've been carrying this collective pain of the density of where we're coming from, like the old paradigm, yeah? I mean, it's pure suffering, pain, slavery, you know, all that terrible stuff. And now we're in a new world. And so people are like, okay, so I'm in a new earth, so why is it not happening for me? Then my answer would be because you have that pain identity and you have to not face it in a, in a, in a you know, a confronting way, but um, sit with it. Really sit with it. Feel the pain. Um, be in that space that we were just in. Like you, you just repeat that meditation. When you're in that space, you call for your pain identity. Whatever needs to be seen by you, recognized by you, thanked by you um, for being there with you for so many lifetimes, released by you, but by that warmth and that space. So, Yes, okay. And so it may seem daunting to do this because there's so many layers and we can witness our own behavior and, and see these areas where it needs our attention. It's where we are holding back from love. And it's because of that, that pain that we've carried, not only in this lifetime, but all the other lifetimes. I know it goes far back, Atlantis and Lemuria even. And mm -hmm. so it's good to know that it does get easier and that it doesn't have to be so hard, right? It's, it's, it's quieting down enough and, 
letting it go. And what would you say about the power of awareness? It's like when we become aware of that pain identity, then I would think that that's a majority of the work, the awareness, right? And so it, because of that awareness and our willingness to release it with love, that that energetically is very huge. Yes. You you just made me very, very happy when you said that, because that is really exactly what it is. Like um, my teacher calls it recognize and rest recognize and rest so you recognize that pain identity is exactly as you said the awareness the power of the awareness is recognizing that pain identity what do you do you don't go changing manipulating controlling it not even trying to change it you just recognize and rest in that source rests in that stillness silence and spaciousness and then it just dissolves Yes. So I'm very happy you said that. That's exactly it. <laughs> and and so, yay. I mean, it doesn't have to be so hard. It, again, it does sound like a huge job, but this awareness. And, and so it's the meditation and maybe it's yoga or it's just what I call the most important appointment of the day. And that's with ourselves in that space. And there's no more blame or pointing others, right? I mean, that right there is an indication of something that makes us recognize and be aware, right? This self-observation where we can catch ourselves in maybe some not-so-becoming behavior, which is really a shutdown of love, right? Working from these old programs that literally have been embedded into us, programmed into us. Yes, that's exactly it. It's like, if you want to define the new earth, you can define it in a very easy way. Uh, It means that it's all the high vibrations and to not indulge or stop indulging in all the lower vibrations. So even though they will come up, you know, we will maybe feel, I don't know, um, you know, uh, hurried, rushed, uh, frustrated, angry, jealous, you know, all those things. They're still in our human, you know, um, possibilities, let's call it. But if you don't indulge in them, then you're in the new earth. So if they do come up, you recognize and rest and you just continue like that. So it's very... It's in a way, it's very easy. It just really does need your, I would say, not only intentions, but also um, like really a choice. It's really a choice, like moment by moment, knowing that you are co-creating that new earth and not indulging in any. And it's really hard in a way because I will have friends uh, really indulging in the suffering and even when I when I point it out or I, I send give them help or anything in that sense, you can feel that they're not ready for that. And there's no judgment on my side at all. But you can feel that there is some sort of indulgement in those lower frequencies. Yes, okay. And so, you know, it's it's we can't save other people from their own awakening experience. I think that's a a hard lesson, Um, but we can 
show them through our own example of how to be. So that's beautiful that we can try to assist. Uh, and if it's not being received very well, then that's our cue to let that go as well, right? And not to force it or try to convince someone of something. Yes, that's it. And also, uh, it took me a long time actually to get to that point, but to be almost- Because we care, of... right? I mean, that... we care. We want that... everyone to kind of get it, but we, <laughs> we, we all have to back off a little. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. It's like, actually what you do, if you do push them at that moment, you will bring them further away from the awakening. You're not helping, you're doing the opposites. So the only thing you can do is like, and, and that's what took me really a long time to get to, is the point of almost being very strict in the sense of what do I allow in my reality as their reality? And if it doesn't fit, then I just really have to let go. And I know it's difficult. I still have moments, with, especially with old friends that I know 20, 30, sometimes even 40 years. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you feel this connection with them? And you're like... Oh my God, it's so easy. Look, you just do this, 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 and it and it works. But it it's not part of their. And so we we shouldn't. Um, a lot of people need some sort of closure to this old paradigm, and a lot of people do want to continue. So they will continue for another thirteen thousand years, or I don't know what. So we need to trust their higher self, mm -hmm. that their higher self, and they know better. We don't know, like some people, it's really funny because some people you think, oh, old, you know how we sometimes secretly judge a little bit. You're like, oh, old paradigm, oh, new paradigm. But when you really ask the new, the, the higher self of that person, then surprisingly, that person who you think is old paradigm is the one who's completely creating the new one. And that one that you think is the new earth is the one that is still completely creating the old one. So, you know. We, we just don't know. It's just, you know, you can, you can show them your vibration and, and be strict and hold that high vibration. That's all you can do. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Well, this has just been a beautiful conversation and I feel so uh, beautiful and connected. I love that practice. And I know uh, folks watching will go back and enjoy it again or just do it in every moment that we can. It really is effective. So thank you for that. You have a special offer and it uh, connects us with your activations and teachings. So please share with us that beautiful package. Yes. So it contains uh, 12 MP3s. So they are, um, they are ascension activation meditations. Um, and there is three online live classes so the ones that are still coming so that you can really tune into my classes in the moment that they are happening um, or as a replay if you wish so there's three classes and they're called ride your lotus those are my classes i love that name every time i say it I'm like ride your lotus um and so and so there's 12 of these beautiful ascension activations meditations and there's three beautiful online classes and what we do is every time is different 
So sometimes I'm asking the universe, like, what are we going to do next? You know, and then it doesn't tell me anything just like a few minutes before. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what we're going to do. So every time it's completely different. And so sometimes we, we really clear karma. Sometimes we, we have initiations uh, into the, the rose, into the, 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 the lineage of the rose or uh, initiations into the order of the Melchizedek or um, really, really different. Everything is really, really different. So, so that's, the, that's the special offer. And there is a, a free bonus with it, um, which is a free, a beautiful uh, healing transmission of a recording. Um, because in last October, I was in the, the Great Pyramid in Egypt and guided the meditation there and the sounds that are coming out of the people in that pyramid, like we're in the king's chamber. So it's, I, I can't even describe the energy in there. And so um, that comes with it. You can listen to that healing transmission and just feel how you are inside of that huge, uh, beautiful, great pyramid and, um, and enjoy it. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for that. And I know um, those experiences with you in those online classes are going to be exquisite because we just sampled a little moment of it. And so to journey with you in that way, that is so beautiful. So thank you for that. Well, uh, that special offer is available on the link on this webpage, and we invite our viewers to check that out. Again, I want to thank you for that. And as we close, I'd like to... I would just, I'd like to say I'm impressed with the eclecticness of you and your study, um, the dedication as a Buddhist nun, and yet to all the other truths that are out there and, and the energies and the initiations. 2012, December 21st, 2012, that was when everything changed. The new earth was set into place and the memory of the old paradigm is just simply in our programs. So I'd like to have you speak on that because what would the Buddhist background have to say about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like um, embodying it as it is growing. It's like the new earth is like a tiny little uh, child in a, in a sense. It's like just, you know, not a baby anymore, but a young, a young, girl or a young child um, so I'm embodying it slowly as we go but what I do feel is that there is no more karma mm. uh, because it's so much in that now moment and it's so much um, present in that now moment that those old timelines um, can't really catch up with it so there's no Akashic records there's no karma it's just pure beingness pure beingness so it is in a to be in a state of a buddha or a jesus or a mary magdalene or you know all those beautiful examples that we've had on this planet um that is what i think is is the new earth so that ancient way is definitely helping me to actually embody the new earth because that's what the buddhists have always said they have always said this is just a dream this is empty. There is nothing there. And yet, you're everything, right? You're nothing, and you're everything. So 
the Buddhist nun will survive in that nothingness and in that allness and oneness and everythingness and beingness, <laughs> but it won't have that, you know, identification anymore. No. <laughs> well, beautiful. Okay. So as we say goodbye, I'd like to just let you leave with a message that uh, is one of inspiration for those watching. Thank you. Um, you want me to give you a message of inspiration? Or just any last uh, wrap up of uh, an all encompassing goodbye or? Sure. I mean, if I tune into it, what comes through is be yourself. It's like um, if I see where most of my force or power is coming from, my personal power of who I am today comes from is by being myself, my own unique vibration. So the new earth is built how everyone brings in their own unique vibration. So if I uh, can give any advice, I would say stand in that vibrational signature of who you are. And it's beautiful because it's, it's light, it's, it has geometrical shapes. It's like when you get more and more and more inside of that, who you truly are, and you start like radiating that around you, it's just like amazing. So that's what the new earth needs. It needs people to stand in their own being themselves, unique vibration. Um, and I love people that are in their unique vibration because you can feel it. You know, there's something radiating from them. There's no shame. There's no excuses. There's just bomb. They're there, you know. Yes, I had a vision where I saw everybody on the planet being that, and it was a wild party. It wasn't crazy, <laughs> but it was like, wow, that would be really great. And so I know some of us are a little shy to do that, right? We judge ourselves. And so be yourself. I love that message. And it's true authenticity. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Hira Hosen, for this quantum conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.